up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me on another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. I really appreciate you listening. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever it is uh, you're doing, wherever you're listening from. Thank you for joining me. Super excited about the show this week, man. Uh, I I can't even begin to tell you uh, how tickled pink I was to get to... uh, to talk uh, to the person that you will be uh, hearing today, um, somebody who I've been uh, following for a long time, uh, a band that I've been following for a long time, that I've been listening to for a long time, and I've been on board since day one with these guys, and they're finally starting to develop a larger audience in America. They've got a huge audience uh, in, in UK, as many of you UK listeners know. Uh, Miles Kennedy of Alterbridge. I just I'm I'm speechless here with Mike Jameson. Mikey, how are you? Good morning to you, sir. I'm amazed. Mike Bauman speechless. Yeah. That's got to be a first. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, here's the thing. They always tell you you know, be wary of of meeting people that you look up to or trying to get in touch with people that you look up to because you will be let down. You know, they, they, that's like an old, that's what you said when you met me, right? Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of bad things. I heard a lot of bad things about you, Mikey. Oh boy. But, uh, but yeah, you know, they've, they've, obviously, you know, if you've been around long enough, people will tell you that. And, uh, I was not disappointed at all. Miles could not have been a nicer, more cordial human being. Um, and, and Kevin, from PFA, who set the whole thing up uh, for their uh, their media contact, he was incredible, super nice guy. Um, just was a plus all the way around, man. So I, you cool. know, I was I was really excited. I mean, basically, for those of you that know, I don't need to give you the the history on on Alter Bridge, but uh, you know, kind of formed out of the ashes of, of Creed and the Mayfield Four. Miles uh, joined these guys in early two thousand four. And with every album, I feel like they've been able to, to maintain their sound, but also take chances and do something new. They've never made the same record twice. You know, One Day Remains was a little more hard rock. Then Blackbird was very diverse in terms of the songs that they had on there. You know, you had uh, tracks like Watch Over You uh, and uplifting tracks like Rise Today, Before Tomorrow Comes. And you had heavier tracks like Come to Life, White Knuckles. And then in AB3, they got a little bit darker. It was a little bit more uh, about a struggle with faith and uh, believing. And, you know, and even that one still had uplifting tracks on it, like Breathe Again. Um, and, and then now to Fortress, which just came out last year, which was probably their most uh, uh, expansive and progressive album to date in terms of what they did on that and in terms of, you know, having songs that were longer and kind of creating these epics. I mean, it was just... I, I thought I thought they've they've done a great job of, of challenging themselves and and it seems like with Fortress they've been able to bring some more people on board and and really have gotten a, a larger American audience and it was kind of evidenced by even their show in Detroit that I had an opportunity to go to a few days ago the last couple of years that me and my buddy Dave went to see those guys uh, was in Clutch Cargos this really really cool place in uh, Pontiac Michigan that used to be a church that they actually converted into a uh, into a concert venue a few years ago so it's really cool because it's just got an open floor it's got like a little walk around part around the top so it was a cool intimate place uh to to see a show uh and obviously an altar bridge show i mean you don't really have to worry about getting your head kicked in <laughs> if you're if you're on the floor but they played at the fillmore in detroit 
up on Woodward Avenue in uh, in the D on Sunday, and it was an awesome show. They played for almost two hours. Uh, I and like I said, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I mean, it was just it was cool, Mike, because like I said, I've been listening to these guys since I was probably. 16 years old when they first their first record came out in 2004 and I'm 26 now um and you never know what to expect when you meet somebody you know you never know I mean from everything that I that I had seen of Miles and interviews that he'd done and following the band I didn't think that he was not going to be cool but you never know you know what I mean and exactly and uh the interview went awesome it was you know as you guys I'm sure you know can kind of tell when I do these things I try my best just to have a conversation with them. You know, I, I don't want it to be question one, answer, question two, answer, well, question three. What makes you good? You know, I, you, you want it to have an ebb and a flow. So I kind of outline what I want to talk about, but I also kind of let the conversation go where it goes. And uh, Miles could not have been cooler. And I was just... Uh, very nice. I was very excited, Mikey. You know, I mean, because, you know, even Mike Jameson, producer, uh, extraordinaire, George Clooney's stunt double for George Clooney, yeah. uh, massive, massive, uh, you know, male model, male model, DJ, yeah. DJ, also a videographer, wedding videographer. I mean, Mike is a is a Jack, Gardner extraordinaire, a Jack, or depending on you ask, a, a Jill of all trades. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been with Mikey now uh, doing work for over four years. And, God, it's uh, been that long, huh? It has been that long. It has been that long. But so yeah, it was it was just it was so fun to talk to this dude. I was really excited and I, I was so happy to uh have the opportunity to bring this one to you guys. But uh it's just gosh, Mike, I mean, has there ever been anybody that you met that you kinda had that same thing where you where you were like I don't know if this person's going to be cool, but I, I can't believe I'm talking to this person, and I'm so excited to talk to him. Couple, yeah, couple of people that were in big business, you know that, you know that uh, that turned out to be just incredible, incredible uh, people, and are to this day really good friends of mine that I just didn't think, you know, they were normal people. Yeah, you know, and uh, that was that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, because you've worked with a lot of different people over the years. I think you said you met Chris Berman when you were a yep. youngster, right? Yep, when you first yep. started out. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's tall, isn't he's he? He's as tall as me. Is yeah. he like 6'5"? Yep, yep, yep. Good guy, good guy. He was a little tipsy that night, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll just kind of leave it at that. But no, he really, really was. It was nice to, uh, to uh, you know, get get to meet him in the early stages of the ESPN and stuff like that. I mean, they had made their mark at that point. Right, but uh, but yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just so I, I, I like I said, I'm I'm just super excited. I'm I'm poor. I do not have a whole lot of money. Uh, I do a good job of saving the little money that I do have, but that's been one thing that I've tried to do uh, over the last four years since I've gotten out of school. And one thing that I've been lucky enough because of guys like Mike to do is is uh, kind of feed all these little creative things. It's that coming for you. I enjoy, it's you know, coming. in terms of the music stuff, yep. the writing, uh, the sports writing, the music writing, the the broadcasting. Um, so this this was definitely one of those uh, timeline moments for me that will be a notch in my belt that I will always remember. Uh, because it was just, I, I couldn't believe that, that it actually happened, you know, you know, the, that I didn't get big timed, you know, these guys are, uh, a pretty big band, <laughs> you know, as you guys listening around the world know, I mean, they have a worldwide audience, <laughs> they're huge in the UK, 
They're huge in Europe. They're developing more of a fan base in America on this record. And uh, for me to get the opportunity to do a, a feature story on them uh, for their show in Detroit was uh, absolutely incredible. So without further ado, I'm just going to shut the heck up because uh, I could talk about this all day. And I will give you uh, my conversation with Miles Kennedy. So here it is, folks. Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge. Well, first, I, I just want to say thanks, man. I, I really appreciate the time. And uh, it, it's funny because it's it's already been over 10 years now that uh, you've been with Alter Bridge. You guys just released your your 10-year box set. Is it is it kind of crazy that time's flown by this quickly? Oh, it's insane. It, uh, it seems like just a blink of an eye. Uh, I first landed in Orlando back in January of 2004, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, we're just grateful that, uh, we've been able to kind of carve out our, our, our place in, 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 in rock, and we've kind of developed our fan base over the last 10 years, and it's, at this point, it seems like we're able to sustain a career, so it's good. What was that like for you at that time? It, it kind of seemed like the, the stars aligned for, for both of you guys because obviously you were coming out of your time with uh, Mayfield 4. They were coming out of their time with, with Creed. And it, and it kind of seemed like it all, it all sort of happened at the, at the right time. What, what attracted you initially to joining Mark and uh, Scott and, and Brian for, for Alter Bridge? Well, I think initially it was that um, I knew that the, the songs were uh, paramount to them, like it, like it was myself. I mean, when when um, we first started making music together, I think the quest for um, making something uh, that was very melodic and compelling, um, we we were definitely on the same page there. Um, and once I spent some time with them. You know, I didn't really know them that well, even though I toured with them a little bit Mayfield for Um, I didn't really know them as people, and they just seemed very normal and grounded, so I knew that that was going to be um, very, very easy to kind of integrate into that. So uh, we just, I think we just felt like we were on the same page. It just felt pretty, pretty natural. And you mentioned, uh, you know, sort of being able to kind of carve out your guys' niche in the, in the music industry. With each record, it really has been interesting because you guys have been able to solidify your sound as a band, but at the same time, take new t- chances and explore new territory with with each record. What is that process like for you creatively as a band? For you guys to uh, to sort of get to that point where you're able to have an alter bridge sound, but also be able to to take chances with each record. Um. You know, I think that it did take a long time to develop that because initially, um, on the, on the very first record, um, because we recorded it so quickly um, after being a band for only a few months, we hadn't really found what Alter Bridge was about. You know, people initially say, "Well, it sounds like Creed with a different singer," which I which I would agree with. I think that um, those those first the, you know, the One Day Remains record in particular um, is a band that was just trying to kind of find where it fit in. And by Blackbird, by the second record, we started to kind of um, take chances and break out of the, um, the, the, the some of the formulas that that had been tried in the past um, with 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 that with that band. And at, with each record, we've continued to kind of push that formula further and further away and um, and and just uh, experiment with or not only arrangements but just how we approach the melodies how we approach the chord 
musicians, the lyrical content. Um, it's just, it's been nice because it's still, it's, you know, especially once we finished Fortress, we felt like we still were able to, to, to make some sort of a, a statement artistically that wasn't just regurgitated from something we've done in the past. So I think as long as, as we take those chances and land on our feet, I think we'll feel satiated in that respect. And, and you guys are at that level and, and have been for, for some years now, too, where you really do have a, a worldwide fan base uh, that's that's very dedicated and very very loyal, especially in Europe. But uh, is that a, a hard um, or sort of fine line to walk as a band and as a, as a musician where you're conscious of, of what they like to hear, but also, uh, as you mentioned, trying to satiate yourself as a musician and, and create music that, uh, that makes you guys proud? Or, or do you feel like at this point you guys know your fan base well enough to know that they'll respect the, the chances that you take? You know, I think that's a good question. I think a, a lot of artists struggle with that, with trying to make themselves happy, but while, but, but with also trying to keep their fan base happy. Because at the end of the day, you kind of have to remember your, your fan base is your boss. I mean, that's that's really, you know, you, I, somebody told me that once that your fans are the boss, and um, and that that makes sense to me. But it also. Isn't gonna, the fans are going to sense it if you're making music that is not exciting you, that's not getting you off anyway, because that's going to come through emotionally, I think, and then they're not going to react, because um, it's it's about that, um, um, I think that spark and that, that emotional aspect and that excitement that I think people can hear in music. Um, and so it really is kind of a, a, a fine line that you walk, and it's a very delicate balance. Um, and we've been really lucky in that our fan base seems to embrace when we do take those chances, especially when we go more the muso approach and get more uh, experimental with the arrangements, longer longer songs, kind of these epics. And when we first started doing that, we weren't sure how that was going to be received. Um, you know, <laughs> we were pleasantly surprised when we played a song like Blackbird Live that the fans really got off on that. And when we started seeing fans showing up with tattoos of the blackbird on their body and, and expressing how that was like their favorite song that we recorded and we were like, okay, well, I think we're, fortunately we're, we're all on the same page here. So I think we can continue to, to kind of push the envelope creatively. And it seems like they're on board, but you know, we could make a record in the future that integrates, you know, where we really go on jazz odysseys and fans may look at us and go, nope, you've gone too far. So you just never know. Yeah, and, and to build on that too, I mean, you mentioned a song like uh, Blackbird. I think one one thing you guys have been able to do really well over the years is show people that you can make heavier songs with heavier riffs and arrangements, but that are also uplifting. And it, and it seems like you guys have had a few of those nuggets on, on every single record that you've made. Is that something that just kind of comes out of your your own life experiences or is it something that you do consciously um, because Blackbird you know like you mentioned that's a song that that a lot of people I think would probably say is their favorite from Alterbridge but you guys have have really always been able to do that with each record is is make heavy songs that are also uplifting yeah I think that's something we, we for whatever reason we've been able to continue to do and I think that maybe deep down inside even though there's a certain intensity and a certain um, uh, a, a, a aggressive 
thing that comes through in our music. Um, the positive aspect is something that maybe maybe it's because we just that's kind of our mantra is to try and look at the try and look at the bright side of life, and maybe that comes out in our art. I don't. I'm not really sure, but it does. It does. It does still come through even on our dark, even on our darkest records. You know, AB3, which a lot of fans would would probably agree is one of the darker overall bodies of work. Um, you have you have songs in there that that um, you know still are uplifting, and and I think that, uh, um, that's important in this day and age because you know it's, it's not exactly an easy world to live in. So it's nice to have those 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 nuggets of hope here and there. Yeah, and and um, you know, transitioning into Fortress from AB3, as you mentioned, conceptually AB3 was was more of a darker record. Uh, there were still obviously, like you said, those nuggets on there that uh, like breathe again that had had sort of a, a positive vibe. But Fortress, you guys really sort of went for broke. It seems like creatively, you have elements of progressive stuff on there. There's metal elements. There's uh, some more slower tracks. Uh, what what was that like in, in the studio? I, I understand that this this one kind of came together uh, a lot quicker than some of the other records. But what was it like uh, this time around with Fortress? Yeah, it was it was definitely um, something we, where we didn't have a, a ton of time to allow ourselves to overthink, and um, and it worked out well for us. I mean, it could have gone the other way. We could have sh- showed up and been and kind of coughed our pants down, so to speak. But for whatever reason, you know, Mark and I had stockpiled enough ideas and the ideas that ended up seeing the light of day on those sessions um, just seemed to work. And I think that um, it was very, it, it was very fast. The process was very quick compared to what we normally had, had done in, on previous records. The Blackbird took a year to a year and a half to put together, whereas this was just, it really was just a few months. And I think some of that also was because Elvis was, um, he continues to be a bigger part of the process for us because we've really developed a trust with our producer, Michael Basquette, who we call Elvis. Um, that also helped things as well. And I think some of it also is just that we've been doing it long enough now to where we've kind of got, we kind of have a... Um, I think we just learned to become better, better writers and arrangers and players, and some of that just comes with time and experience. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, Elvis. Uh, this is this is the third straight record you guys have used him, right? What what is it uh, like having sort of uh, a fifth member of the band in, in terms of what I've what I've seen from the way that he produces, and it, it always it seems like he does a very good job of bringing out what's what's best and, and what those artists that he works with uh, do. And, and, and for you guys, you guys have had a, a steady climb with each record. Uh, what, what does he, he bring to the table for you as a singer and a musician and for the rest of the guys? Well, I think for, for me what he brings is there's a certain comfort level because I've done so many records with him. Anyway, I've just completed the Slash record with him and, and then did a Mayfield 4 record with him. It was my first one with him back in 2000. I think 2000 or 2001 and so I just feel really really comfortable with him in the studio and I really trust his instincts and I think that that's what's happened with the other guys as well you know, when you bring in a, a, an outside um, person to make a record with you it, it, those first few weeks can be kind of challenging because you're not really sure if you can trust what they're suggesting or, or, or trust their instincts and we worked through all of that 
years and years ago, we got all of that out of the way, so everybody feels really comfortable. And not just comfortable with, you know, what he, an idea he might have, but also just comfortable saying, no, that's not working for me, or, or and he should, and the same with him. He, you know, it's a very, um, I think everybody, at the end of the day, is trying to do what's best for the song, for the record, and everybody just has to check their ego at the door. And uh, so... We've, we've worked through all that, and um, there's a, a kind of a quiet understanding that uh, our, our goal is just, just to make the best music possible. Yeah, and, it, and it's got to feel good for, for this one, too, because you guys did a lot of experimenting on it, and uh, it seems like you guys have been able to bring even more of an American fan base on this one. I think it's kind of evidenced, too, by your tour. The last couple of shows uh, that I was able to see you guys was at Clutch Cargos in Pontiac, and now... Uh, Sunday, you're going to be at the Fillmore in Detroit, so it, it really seems like you guys are, are hitting your stride at the right time. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's 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 growing slowly but surely. I mean, it's taken a, a long time for us in the in the U.S. Uh, compared to to the U.K. or over in Europe, but but yeah, we're we're seeing uh, we're seeing growth, and we can't uh, can't complain about that. That's for sure. And it's nice to nice to see that in our home country. Yeah, and, and um, the the last thing I'll ask you, and thanks again, Miles. I really appreciate the time, man. Um, you know, I, playing in uh, Wembley and, and in Amsterdam, and, and and seeing those DVDs, and just seeing the the rabid fan base that you guys over had over there. There were moments during that concert where you could you could tell that you guys were just you were so excited to be there and so so jazzed that 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 was happening. And you even mentioned that like this is this kind of stuff that you dreamed about when you were like playing air guitar on a tennis racket back in, in Washington. Um, looking at how your music career has unfolded with, with Alter Bridge and, and with Slash, is this, is this about uh, as good as it gets right now for you personally? And, and, and with Alter Bridge, is this the kind of scenario that when you look back to those days when you were first starting out and, and playing guitar and becoming a musician, that this is the ideal scenario right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I when I first started playing, I had no, absolutely no idea any of this was going to happen to this degree, to this level. Um, it, it, in some ways, it was something I didn't aspire to early on. It seems so unrealistic and so uh, hard to achieve. But I think that um, just through years of not only working really hard, but also knowing that I had nothing else to fall back on. <laughs> you know, I, I my grandmother always used to tell me, well, you know, you should go back to school in case this doesn't work out. And I was like, yeah, grandma, you're right. But there was always something deep down inside that didn't, just wouldn't let me do that. And I, I, and I think part of it was because I, I wasn't making music because I wanted to. I was making music because I had to. It was just, I had to do it. I just, it was this, this need. And I think that if you, if you've got that fire that just will not burn out, if you have, if you spend enough time uh, and get lucky like I have, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know plenty of people who have worked very hard and very talented, but there's, there's something to be said also about a certain degree of luck and the planets aligning for you. And that certainly has happened uh, with, with my career. And I'm, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So um, this, this does feel as good as it, as good as it gets. And uh, the fact that, um, after tw- over 20 years of making music, I'm still in the game. Uh, I'm absolutely thrilled with how it's all turned out. Well, Miles, I can't thank you enough for, for taking some of your time today, man. I know you're a busy guy, and you guys have the tour coming up. So thank you so much, and uh, I hope everything uh, in the future with the Slash record and this tour goes well, man. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time.
righty dighty, everybody. That was Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge, also of Slash. They have new music uh, that you're probably hearing on the radio right now. They've got a new record coming out uh, as well within uh, the next few months. Um, just an awesome guy, really, really nice guy. I mean, I can't, I can't say thank you enough uh, to Kevin from PFA if he ever gets a chance to check this out. Thank you, Kevin, for all your hard work in uh, helping me set this up. Uh, and thank you, Miles, if you ever listen to this, man. Uh, I just, I really appreciated the time. And to me, you know somebody's character comes through almost more on the phone, you know, because like we were just talking about, Mike, I mean, we, we talk to a lot of people locally, you know, trying to get our Toledo sports network thing off the ground. And, yep. it, you know, it's, it's, if you're in advertising out there, you know, that is one of the toughest hustles. It's cutthroat, it's competitive. And we're just in an area right now in Toledo where a lot of people have been hit hard by the economic downturn over the last six, seven years and nobody's spending any money. Well, not to mention, you know, the promises that were made when the with the new Jeep, with Fiat coming in. Now all of a sudden, oh, I think we're going to make the uh, the flagship of the Jeep. We're going to make it somewhere else now, and you know, and everybody said, oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Guess what? It's happening. Yeah, I mean, so we've we we've ta- we know what it's like to talk to different people uh, and and people from you know different ends of the business spectrum and small business owners and. You know, you just, you never know. You just never know when you talk to anybody how they're going to be. And, um, but when you talk to somebody over the phone, it's almost more intimate than doing a face to face interview because there's all you have is their voice. Exactly. It's all you have is your voice. There's, you know, when, when you talk to somebody in person, you're, you're looking at their appearance and you're, you're looking at their body language. There's a lot of other factors that go into how, how you vibe with them. Sure. But when you do a phone interview, um, and I've done a lot of them over the years, and I'm not saying that like I've done a lot of phone interviews over the years. I'm so great. I'm just saying I've talked to a lot of different people over the years, local artists, national artists, athletes, college athletes. You know, when you do phone interviews, that's you just have their voice, and so you get you get a really good feel for somebody's character because it's you're just having a conversation with somebody. And I once again, I mean, Miles could not have been a nicer guy, and to be that talented and that humble to me is a very rare thing. I mean, I, I just had a chance to do a uh, an interview with uh, a local rapper slash singer who I think is getting ready to blow up here soon. Uh, he's been to the UK for you UK listeners. He was there two years ago. Rain Wilder, super nice guy, working his tail off uh, to, to, to get his music out there. And his new album, Vibes, was uh, incredible. I thought he did a phenomenal job with that. But uh, anyway, even even talking to him uh, and, and, and talking about his struggle to, to make it, you know, in the in the music industry uh, and, and the people that he's, uh, you know, played shows with and stuff. I mean, it's just to be as humble as Miles is and be as talented as he is is a very rare thing. You know, so like I said, that's that's why I'm always going to treasure this 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 interview, because you know, like I said in the beginning of this, you just never know when you talk to somebody. You you never know how it's going to go. You go into it with your with you know your your head up, and you come in prepared. And I, I was just blown away by how cool he was. I mean, this guy's got one of the greatest voices on the planet. Let's just be honest. His vocal range is incredible. For those of you Alter Bridge fans who haven't checked out some of the Mayfield Four stuff, go back and listen to the song "Summer Girl" 
from Mayfield 4. It was off this, uh, the record Second Skin, which is uh, an incredible record that he did uh, with, with his band um, at that time uh, out of Washington. He holds a note in that song, Mike, for like 15 seconds. I mean, and it, and it oh goes all, his register goes all the way. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and the guy, you know, he had his ups and downs in the music industry, and Mayfield 4 never got to the level that it probably should have gotten at in terms of the talent of the band and the types of songs that they're writing. And, and the music industry is a funky biz. That's how things go. Sometimes the, 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 the really talented bands just don't get to that level for whatever reason. And uh -huh. he was able to get on board with Alter Bridge and Mark and Brian and Flip Anything you read about the guys, nobody has anything bad to say about them. You know, so I was just really blown away by Miles' character, and that's why this was so cool. So really, I just be good to people, man. Be good to people and pursue your dreams. Like I said, I'm struggling right now financially. I'm trying to make ends meet. Uh, I I love doing this stuff. I love writing. I love broadcasting, and it's stuff like that when it happens where you're like, I got off the phone, and I was just like. I just had the opportunity to talk to one of the guys that I've been listening to since I was 16 years old. Like, that's friggin' awesome. So pursue your dreams, man. Whatever it is, just find something you're passionate about and pursue it. Obviously, be willing to work and be willing to eat a poop sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? And I read that about success too, Mikey. You know, that was one of the things that somebody posted. You know, people are posting stuff on Facebook all the time, but somebody posted something about the ways to figure out your path in life. And one of the things it said was, you know, what, what kind of a crap sandwich are you willing to eat? <laughs> are you willing to eat to get where you want to go? And really it just means like you're going to have to work. Whatever you do, whatever you love, you're going to have to work and you're going to have to bust your butt. Uh, you know, I, I have not sold one penny of advertising <laughs> for Toledo Sports Network. And it's bumming me out. Oh, you will. And it's bumming me out, you but, but you just – you got it. You got to hustle, man. So uh, it's cool to see things paying off for Alter Bridge. Check out their stuff at alterbridge.com. They're on tour right now with California Breed, a really uh, excuse me, awesome band. Also, Like a Storm, really good band that is starting to make some waves over here in America. So check out the dates at alterbridge.com if you're in the States. Uh, or if you got money to burn and you're like, hey, I want to fly across the pond and go see Alter Bridge in America because they're friggin' awesome, check them out at alterbridge.com. Also on Facebook and on Twitter at AlterBridge. If you want to read the story uh, that I did about uh, those guys coming to Detroit and read the uh, the story that I did with Miles, you can head to ToledoFreePress.com and check that out. Uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter at mbalman 5 uh, I'll put the link up on this show as well. If you've got a band out there or you're a singer, artist, uh, and you want to share your music with people, get in touch with me. Please get in touch with me because that's what this whole show is all about is sharing music with people. So, uh, Mikey, I know you got a busy day ahead of you, oh, my brother. Uh, I'm going on four hours of sleep because I was up writing <laughs> last night after working, and I've got a lot of phone calls I'm going to try to make today. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be fun. So thanks again to Miles. Thanks again to Kevin from PFA. And thank you to all of you who are listening. Uh, it's incredible uh, that I've got people listening to this, you know, thing from all over the world. It, I never thought anybody in Europe would ever know who who the heck I was, or South America, or 
you know, Turkey for crying out loud. I mean, I, I can't believe where you guys are listening from. It's incredibly humbling. And uh, I'm glad that you guys like the show. So uh, for Mike Jameson, I am Mike Bauman. Once again, check me out at uh, mbauman5 on Twitter. Check out Alterbridge at Alterbridge. Uh, if you're interested to see the other stuff that we do, uh, or even if you're stateside, if you're local, listen to this. Check out Mikey's uh, creative video imagery. Uh, just Google Mike Jameson creative video. In, uh, oh, good lord! Creative video <laughs> imagery. Can you tell I got five hours yeah. of sleep? You're four like hours me, man. It's welcome to the world. Creative video imagery does weddings. He's DJing. You know, I mean, I'm talking the good stuff back in the day when when guys used to wear tight pants and rock a oh, tight yeah. mullet and uh, a plume of chest hair. Mike Jameson was in the thick of it, literally and figuratively, at yeah. Buttons in Toledo. And you know what? He's still doing his thing 30 years later. I videotaped a wedding where they had one of those quotation mark DJs, you know, young guy who was all full of cute, excuse my French, but it is the uh, internet, piss and vinegar. And just, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Then once the night starts, and i'm like dude when, when are we kicking into gear oh a little bit in a little bit so then he kicks it into gear no one's dancing no one and it was a half mexican half american wedding beautiful right. place they spent thousands of dollars on this place so no one's dancing and he's playing all of this absolute horse crap music so i finally i walk up to him and i go listen i gotta get video of this i i, <laughs> I said i've never said anything to another dj because i wouldn't want somebody to do that to me right but i would never be in this position um you got to hit something play the cupid shuffle play the cupid shuffle and then hit wobble after that wobble baby wobble baby yeah you know? yeah oh no no i can't do that i can't do that i said just tr tr trust me so he plays it bam there goes the dance floor everybody's dancing he plays that and he plays Wobble. So I go, okay, he's got an idea. He'll be able to hit the next song. You know what his next song is? Shakira, My Hips Don't Lie. You gotta be kidding me. Great <laughs> song. I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's just not a song you want to play if you've got a bunch of young people. To pick the room up. Yeah, you got to make a decision. You're going to go hot, hot, new, or you're going to go back and hit the 90s or, or go back. But when you hit the 90s, you gotta you got to talk them into it. You got to blah, blah. You know, you got to talk. Ugh. All right. I'm off my thing. <laughs> Freaking no, yeah, idiots. It's, it's knowing how to read people, man. You know how. Well, they to... don't know how. They know how to push a button on a computer. Right. They have no idea the concept of working a crowd, having some fine Aunt Louise sitting out there and make fun of her or tease with her and have some fun. Oh, come on, Aunt Louise. Get out there. Nothing. It's here's Shakira with my hips don't lie. What? <laughs> yeah. Is that going to make you? Oh, my God. I got to find the hottest girl in here, and I got to go dance right now. Hell no. It's like, man, I need another rum and coke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, why do they got the bad rum here? Why don't they get some, you know, some Captain Morgan or whatever, you know? Creative video imagery, folks. <laughs> and Jameson's is, mobile music. And Jameson's uh, mobile music. That's exactly why mm -hmm. you just heard him dish on how to get to the people. How to relate <laughs> to the people. And they have... And the big thing is when I walk in, because they all know me. Yeah. The first thing they do is run up to me to let me know they have 15 events going on that night. And they're all like this. And brides don't get it. That's why we do the wedding show. See, a wedding show.com. See, I, I, exactly. Exactly. You name irons it. In, irons in the fire. Yep. We're trying to do that today. And uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. 
For Mike Jameson, I am Mike Bauman. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.